Michelle. Hi, baby. Girl, we got some great people on here. You know how obsessed I've been with television shopping. Yes. We've got the queen of television shopping on the show, Lisa Robertson. I've loved her. Isn't she? For years. Just amazing. Nobody does it like her. Now, I know you know Kathy Levine and all this, these great stars of shopping television. Kathy Levin. Kathy Levin. You spell it Levine, but you say Levin, yeah. which is a bit pretentious. Well. It's like Dan Levy. Yeah. It's Levy. Yeah. Well, but this is the thing. Um, I just, I have I have bought things from her that I'd never needed. No. Because she did such a great job. I remember, uh, because I was obsessed with QVC for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, that whole time, the bodyguard, when it was over and I had the bodyguard money, mm-hmm. I sat home and would buy everything. That's from, dangerous. Uh, all the Dominique, all the Kirk's Follies, Ooh. everything. And I remember when Lisa first started, like on overnights. Really? Yep. And I remember watching her going, this girl is really good. Yeah. And watched her climb up. Yeah. And up, and well, up. she's not at QVC anymore. No. She's doing her own her thing. Her own thing. I think it's just at lisarobertson.com. We'll ask her about it, but um, you can still shop with Lisa through her own company. And it's funny how things have changed because back then, I remember when it just started, HSN and QVC uh-huh. and, you know, the 2D thing. And I remember spending my money not telling my mother and buying a fake engagement ring and it turned my finger green. You are kidding green. me. Green. My mother would have killed me if she knew that I sent my money uh-huh. in. It turned my finger green. It, like, fell apart. It was like HSN, I think, was around before QVC. So it was them. But it was, you know, right when they first started. But I watched, like... Facebook now with all these ads with these housewives opening boxes and they don't know what the hell they're opening or talking about. Mm -hmm. Then they watch, you know, some of the other girls um, pimping clothing or my favorite thing to talk about. I wrote it down to talk about it because it made me laugh. Mm. My friend Cammie Lee does it. Amber Rose has done it. It's this strapless bra. So it's got no straps at all. It's basically, look where my hands are. I Mm -hmm. wish you guys can see, Mm -hmm. but it's my hands are covering my breasts. Yeah. And it's just like two things that stick onto your boobs. Mm -hmm. And they call it a push-up bra. But the funniest part, like Amber Rose's boobs are natural. Yeah. And they make mine look like beginner yeah. bras. Uh-huh. She does this thing where she shows everybody how with this, the pull of a strat, uh-huh. pull of the string, it lift, it does nothing for Amber Rose's ample bosom. So she's like, it's so funny the before and after because she's like, hmm, uh-huh. hmm, uh-huh. nothing changes. Oh. So it says that it's supposed to make your boobs lift up without yeah. any of the straps so you can wear strapless backs and fronts. But I have not seen, and, and even Cammy's, you know, boobs that, are about the same size as mine. I don't. She looks sexy as all hell doing it, but I don't see any difference in Who's the uplift. Cammie? She was in Big Brother with me. She's a tattoo. Oh yeah, I model. remember. Yeah. Yes, I remember her. She does them on her Facebook page, and God bless her, stunningly beautiful. But to pick your boobs up, you need straps. You need straps. It's they're pulling them in, but not up. And I'm not dissing the company because yeah. they're doing a very smart campaign. Sure. But it does nothing. And I was wondering if you had seen because Amber's are so big yeah. that when she pulls them, there's no difference at all. It's too bad, though. They haven't engineered a way to make that work, a strapless push-up bra. Getting closer. Uh-huh. So the way I'm thinking is, if they can put something in under that or pad it a little bit more, uh-huh. if they padded the bottom a little bit more like a padded push-up bra, then it might But then the, the breast the will still push the device down. It might. That's the thing. You need something to pull it up. But if they, if they put enough padding where it almost goes like this, yeah. and then when you pull it, it could work. You know, I, uh, there was a company in New York uh, uh, that's actually at Pat Phil's. They used to sell something called the Carnival Bra. Okay. And that's still the push-up bra that I use today. I had I bought up so many of these Carnival Bras years ago. Uh, and they, and I had uh, Zaldi make my nude bodies. I have a you know I have a bodice underneath yeah. my my outfits. Your body form. Yeah. yeah. So so it's got a built. The body forms have built-in push-up bras, and they are these carnival bras that I bought years ago. I remember them. Yeah. And you can't... and I I got some big old titties. Can too. you get them anymore? No. So the best one after that, I remember them. Mm-hmm. And Fredericks of Hollywood did the next best thing. Really? Yes. Used to. I don't even know if Fredericks is in existence. I don't know anymore. if they're still in existence. I feel like some celebrity like Brooke Burke or somebody like that owns. Them. You know, they were they were going to call Zaldi, who does my outfits, uh, to as part of the design team years ago, but that never materialized. They were the original push-up bras. Every stripper, because I worked in the strip club, mm-hmm. every stripper wore them. You know, for push-ups, they were. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And then when Victoria's Secret came, they got kicked to the curb. Yeah. And I loved Fredericks mm-hmm. because they were dirty enough, where Vicky's Secret is not dirty enough. Oh my God. I used to love those catalogs. So great. 
the Fredericks ones? Yes, in the sixties, everybody they came to everyone's home in the sixties. Whether you order it or not. Yes, and and there there um, a, a woman on the girl on the corner. Um, her name was Bernice, and she I thought she was the most chic woman in the world. She would she was the first person I saw with ele- elephant bell bottoms. Now think Love. of remember who's who, uh, Edie in. Uh, uh, in the uh, John Waters movies, uh, what's her name? Miss Edie or no? That's Edie. That's, it's um, just Edie, yes. right? Yeah, um, she wears those things. But I saw Bernice in the cutouts down the side of her bell bottoms with the shoestring things up the side, so sexy, laced up up the so side sexy. with skin showing. But they were at the knee. They flared out into what they they're called elephant bells. They're where even they're, bigger than yeah. They're yeah. beyond. They're they have so much. Material, yes. yes. And, oh, my God. I thought the height of fashion. Yes. And she'd gotten from Frederick's of Hollywood. Yes. And I had gotten things over the years, even on the RuPaul show on VH1, I had bought- I remember. Shoes from them. Yeah. Little outfits from them. What are those shoes called? Pleasers? Yeah, pleasers. Yeah. Well, they were the original ones. I don't even know if pleaser was pleaser when when mm. Fredericks had them. Mm-hmm. But they had all. They were the original marabou slipping yes. kitten yep. heels. Yeah. Um, the beautiful negligees that you know, mm-hmm. the Catherine Delish does an ex- beautiful version of it now. But um, point is, when that bra went away, the only thing left was Victoria's Secret, and mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret started with it had like the water bra, the gel bra, all these mm-hmm. different things. But they have Victoria's. The only bra that I wear is the Victoria's Secret very sexy push up. People ask me all the time, Why do you wear a push up? Um, that's the whole thing. Just because you have big fake boobs doesn't mean you shouldn't push them up. Right. So when, so now I don't have a push-up bra. They're just here. But when I want to give extra glamour, uh-huh. I wear a push-up bra. So they do that. On the show, when people think my tits are huge, yeah. that's a push-up bra. Yeah. My boobs are not that big. Huh. They're not. So it just adds an extra cartoon effect for me. Right. They have a bra that adds two cup sizes that you might like. You know, the thing is, the uh, I, I found nothing... Beyond the carnival bra, that some of them are very old. Mm-hmm. I only wear them for a hot minute anyway. Right, right. Um, that does the work that I need. It doesn't have the Try hardware. It. I'm because I'm working with an underwire, right. a very tough strap, right. and then also the carnival bra. They're wide. You know, I'm a man. I have wide shoulders, so. Yes. It's the whole base of it is very wide. Yeah, so well, I've never found one, anything that close to that. This one is uh, I forgot what it's called, but. Of, I forgot what it's called, but it adds two cup sizes. It has a name. I tried it on for shits and giggles because my big old implants. Is is it called Jugs? Is that the company? It should be called Jugs. Uh But it was so obnoxious when I tried it on with my boobs and Mm -hmm. then adding two cup sizes. I looked looked like Dolly. Okay. It looked ridiculous on me. It looks perfect on Dolly. Yeah. Um, but, But you might try it because it does go pretty wide. I don't know the widest... That they do in-house, but it goes pretty wide. You know, for years, um, when people ask me an obvious question, I've said, well, does Michelle Visage sleep on her back? <laughs> you know, insinuating that your boobs are so big that you couldn't sleep on your stomach. I can sleep on my stomach. You can. And I get massages, yeah. And uh, and do, do, is that where you normally sleep on your stomach? I'm a you side sleep- sleeper. Or side sleeper. Are you a side sleeper? I'm a side sleeper. Yeah, so I only sleep on my right side because... Um, I heard Dr. Oz talking one time about sleeping on your left side. People get more heart attacks because you're putting all the pressure on How, If you're asleep, how do you know what side you're going to land Most on? Most heart attacks happen in the middle of the night. Yeah, and heart attacks aside, okay. how do you determine where your body, when you're asleep? Okay, ready? Uh-huh. It's going to shock you because you, okay. you don't know this about okay. me. I don't move the entire night. So much so my husband puts his, a mirror under my nose to make sure I'm breathing. <laughs> I do not move. The entire night. Really? I am a, I go to sleep on my side and uh-huh. that's it. Done. Oh my goodness. You know I'm up because I'll roll over on my back. Yeah. Well, you know. I'm like a dead bug. I do move around. I don't move around as much as a George. See, that's my husband. But my husband's an insomniac who's a shitty sleeper. Oh. Is George a shitty sleeper or just restless? He does. You know, he snores and he, sometimes he'll stop breathing and then it'll go. Ap- <laughs> that's apnea. Yeah. And well, he's a slim man, so it's not. Well, oh. is he slim? <laughs> well, he's you know he's 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 very big. He's beefy. Yeah, he's not like apnea is a lot of times associated. People will think, oh, how you know larger bellied people. Sure. Yeah. Not always. It could affect a lot of people, but apnea is a serious thing because your heart stops sometimes. Yeah, I know. It's scary. Uh, uh, you our get a friend. CPAP. 
Well, our fr- yeah, that's what Theron uses. But, you know, Tom just had uh, a little surgery to um, open that up. Okay. My yeah. husband did that too. The turbinates and a deviated septum when my husband did that years yeah. ago. Yeah. Because uh, he had broken his nose twice and it was a little uh-huh. changed his life. He doesn't so have no think, breathing problems so anymore. So George should do that. If he needs, if he's having issues and it's just that. Yeah. I would get it looked into because it changed David's life. And it's not that difficult of a surgery. Yeah, I mean, I forgot to ask Tom about that because he had it done last week. But, um, you know, sleeping with George, um, covers, Mm-mm. gone. Are you a light sleeper? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I only need a few hours sleep. I, I usually, oh, I know that. per night, I'll sleep five hours maybe. Did say Albert four. Einstein slept four nights, four hours a night? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I get up at, this morning, I, I looked at the clock at um, probably Three fifteen, and you didn't say to yourself, "Let me just get a little bit more sleep." No, what I did was I stayed in bed until four. It was three fifteen, and I just sort of laid there. Then I get out of bed, I stretch, I pray, mm-hmm. and then I meditate, and then uh, then I get ready to go down to the office. You know, the you gym pray? opens at five. Do you pray? Pray so you can make it today? <laughs> no, I don't pray. I I pray, and we talked about this in the keynotes thing. Um, I don't. I pray to a power greater than myself. I'm not religious. A higher being. A higher being. I pray to decode and to deactivate my ego. Because the act of me bowing down and saying, dear God, thank you, is is acknowledging that there's something greater than myself. And saying those words deactivates my ego. And I just need some a grace period. That's what the prayer gives me. A grace period away from my ego running things. Because as soon as I get about it, it's like, okay. Ego's like, okay, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I need a, a grace period from you. And the act of doing it um, keeps me in check. It keeps the ego in check, and I have a balance. And I know that you told the keynote speech kids that, but we have so many hundreds of thousands of listeners who weren't there. Mm-hmm. So what does that sound like? What does my, you know, I this is my, this is my morning prayer. I'm going to say it right now. I say, Dear God, thank you for the love, for the joy, for the pain, for the experience of being here. And I will say thank you for Michelle and George and Joelle and Randy. And I'll, I'll list off some names. And then I'll say, um, I ask that you guide my thoughts, my feelings, and my perceptions. And that I release all resentment to you. That's amazing. Done. Get rid of that resentment. Yeah. Because that's a killer. Joy yeah. and pain. Pump it up, pump it up. Sunshine <laughs> and rain. Pump it up, pump it up. Joy. Hell yeah. And, and pain. pain. Uh, uh. Like sunshine <laughs> and rain. Give it to me, raw bass. <laughs> can tell our generations are a little different. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. What was that other song by Hanson and, and Hanson? Hungry, hungry for hungry. your love. Hungry. Hungry for your love. Hungry for yeah. your love. What was it? Hanson and what? Davis. Hanson and Davis. One of the best. It's considered freestyle, but it really shouldn't be because it was really tail end disco into mm-hmm. dance. I love it. That went along with how do rumors get started? It uh-huh. started by the yeah. jealous people. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. those those all went, Timex Social Club, yeah. those all went hand in hand. It was that beginning dance music phase. Yeah. That's where that fell. You know, when Shaida Garrett was here, I forgot to ask her about Anthony in the camp. Mm. You know, she sings back up on that song. What's it's uh, what's that song, Anthony in the camp? It's I... Jelly Bean did it. Wait a minute. Um uh oh you 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 know what I need. Oh what you can no, do it. No, we talked it. about it. Oh, we did. Yeah. Okay, good. What what I like. What I like. Yeah, yeah. You can do it. No, you no, know no, how no, to no, do no, it to no, it. No. You can do yeah. it. You, you know, know what, what I like. like. Yeah. What yeah. I like. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, but we, my favorite Jelly Bean song. We have to talk about Jelly Bean. With the Mexican. Hell yes, bitch. I love the Mexican. Hell yes. Yes. And sidewalk talk. And sidewalk Watch talk. Watch where you talk because sidewalk talk. Uh-huh. Don't uh-huh. let the ground beneath you. Yeah. I love the Mexican. I want to redo the Mexican. Oh my! Does it have any words? No. Yes. Chico Fernandez. Yes. Leaving on his gun. Yeah. Dreams of Santa Ana. Oh my God. I love that. I love it. That is morning. <laughs> Heaven must be love. <laughs> oh my God, it just makes me want to dance. I love it. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Lisa Robertson. Oh my God. Michelle, let's talk about Squatty Potty. You know? You know. 
four bathrooms in my house. I love that. It sounds like I'm rich, but I'm not. Well, you know, but you each, know how to live. That's the each bedroom has a bathroom. Sure. And then there's the little commode. What do you call it? Uh, Half uh, bath. Yeah, but it's also called powder room. Powder room. So everyone has a squatty potty in it. I got it. I told this story before. I'm going to keep telling it. Uh-huh. When my daughter didn't know how to poop right. Yeah. Everybody gets weird talking about poop. Everybody gets weird talking about it. And they shouldn't. Everybody poops. And you better be pooping every day. I hope so. Keep everything healthy and clean. Yeah. So she used to put her legs up like sitting in M on the toilet. And I walked in on her one day and I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, it feels better when I poop like this. So I right away went to squattypotty.com because yeah. I read about it somewhere uh-huh. and got her a squatty potty. And now we all became complete followers and we bound down to the squatty potty. So you're potty. a squatty potty family. Yes, we are. I love that. You know, because what happens is the squatty potty enables your body to eliminate waste. Completely. In a, completely. In a way that it un kinks the colon yes that sounds like a name of an album unkink the the colon colon. yes well that's what squatty potty is all about i I have them at my house they're brilliant actually i was introduced to them from going to the place to get the high colonic after you get the high colonic they send you into the ladies room to eliminate the rest of your waste and that's how i was introduced to squatty potty see and those are people that specialize in cleaning the colon yes squatty potty is the way to go you guys join the movement today visit squatty Squattypotty.com slash Rue. Let me say that again. Uh-huh. Squattypotty.com slash Rue and receive a free bottle of, have you smelled this stuff? Fruity booty? Uh, it's in my purse right now. I live, it's it's like the creed of my life. Fruity booty. Fruity booty. Is how I, 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 I've devoted my life to fruity booty. It's a toilet spray, you guys. You spray it in first and then you sit down and do your business and uh, you'll get a fruity booty toilet spray with a purchase of 20 bucks or more. Remember, you guys, a happy colon is a happy life. That's right. Squatty Body. We've got our special guest here, Lisa Keyword Robertson. <laughs> wait, wait. Lisa, now okay. you're organizing your microphone. I because am. Are you that kind of a person? You are, everything is organized. Well, let me explain the rules in my house. Uh huh. No husbands, no kids. No pets, no live plants, no shoes in the house. Wow, that sounds like fun. It's awesome. (laughs) No, I I love it. And you still live in the Philadelphia area. I do, yeah. I love my house. Right. Because how long were you at QVC? 20 years. Whoa! Yes. It was part of a child labor work program. (laughs) And then, you know, it was just working out so well that I thought, hey, here we are. Let's just stick with this. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Right. And now you have your own lifestyle website. At, yes. It's, it's LisaRobertson.com. Because I'm so original. Yeah, no. Hey. It's all you need, kiddo. It's all it's you like, need. like, you know what? Don't make it complicated, people. That's right. it. Okay? That's it. No, don't people, need a learning curve here. If it don't break, don't fix it. That's right. Because people <laughs> want to know where to find you. Because yeah. the thing is this, you know, f- from so many years at QVC, you own Christmas. Oh, my gosh. I love Christmas. You own Christmas. I agree. Yeah. And I now, don't mean to brag, if but... people go to your website... <laughs> Will they be able to have the same kind of Christmas experience at lisarobertson.com? Yeah, so, you know, we actually started the website in February, and it was all content. And so there's a lot of blogs and um, connections to videos. We do live uh, video chats on Facebook. All of those are on Because I'm going to do one of those. You are. Yes. And it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Because I really think, for me, I have to say, this entire experience has been so educational. Really? Absolutely. Filming Drag Race. Y- yes. Yeah. 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 I mean... You know, I work in television, I work in fashion, I work in beauty. I mean, I have more gay friends than straight friends, mm-hmm. which may be one of the reasons I have a hard time meeting a man. <laughs> All the Tell men me that I meet, it. you know, are meeting other men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we get along great and everything, but it's not the same. No, yes. I mean, it's not. Um, yes. And it is true that there, a girl has no better friend than her gay friend. That's true. Um, but this is a very, very different take on things it's it's a very different perspective and a very different lifestyle and to be quite honest in coming in i mean i wanted to try it because i love rue and i met you and i think that your energy is amazing and wonderful and positive and i would just want to be around that all the time oh that's very sweet if you're doing it then i want to try it right you know even if it is out of my comfort zone and, and so, first, but how different is this from doing QVC? Oh, now we're completely. on a TV studio yeah. on a lot, and we're shooting a television show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would think it would be very similar to the QVC experience. Well, I just think the content is very different. I mean, QVC <laughs> yeah. is very conservative. I mm-hmm. grew up in a town where they don't wear jewelry. I mean, yeah. it's really conservative. I went to QVC that was very conservative, and although I have always 
been very accepting of whatever you want to do is fine. As long mm-hmm. as you let me do what I want to do, then whatever you want to do is fine with me. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I've never been around this type of show, this uh-huh. type of thing. And, I, and I've always understood that drag is an art yeah. and that these... People are entertainers, and then it takes a lot of skill. But this is really eye-opening. And you see these people, and at first you're just not sure what to think. And Uh you're just going, whoa, whoa, back up the truck. Whoa, (laughs) what is, huh? What is, huh? What? Okay. And then, is it the booty pads? Is it the booty pads? That- I think, you know, I, of course, would come on the week with the with the, the pilots. Thank you, Rue. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and then there's the whole, you know, there's the whole club thing. And it was just really out of the box. But then you you talk to them and you start getting to yeah. know them and you understand how they're challenging themselves and mm-hmm. growing as as entertainers and as performers and taking risks. And I think. You know, in it's kind of ironic because I think there are people who would automatically just say, I don't get that and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be their thing. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, this is what I applaud is anyone who's really trying to grow at whatever you're doing. Yeah. You're not just sitting in the background and taking it easy and making excuses and staying where you are and then complaining that the world didn't hand it to you. Right. That's right. Which is what most people do, yeah, by the I mean, way. These, you know, these guys, girls, are really putting themselves on the line. They're doing things that are very frightening yeah. to them. They're yeah. taking risks. And I really admire that. We've said that for years. You know, this show at its core is really about the tenacity of the human spirit. And I think mm-hmm. that's why people around the world really yeah. relate to it. Yes, it's drag. It's the wigs. It's the costumes. It's all the... That's a small know. part of it, actually. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but honestly, everyone who's ever lived has had a dream. Sometimes a dream that they thought was unachievable or mm-hmm. that other people would laugh at them for. And these yeah. kids on this show were little boys from small towns who uh you know dared to to fight and go against the status quo Mm -hmm. and that's what's so intriguing because they're so courageous so Mm -hmm. against the status quo now you come from a small town in tennessee yes four thousand people on a good day rather optimistic really really maybe if there was a parade yeah, I mean, uh huh. The sign right. said four thousand, but come on, people. Yeah, I know everyone here is not four thousand people. No, no. no. <laughs> and how often do you get back there? Not, you know, not very often. Unfortunately, I can be in Europe in less time than it takes me to get to where I grew oh, up. My goodness, in Tennessee, because nothing goes there, people. Yeah. You have to go somewhere else, right. and, you know, to drive in or whatever it happens to be. So now we all just usually meet in Charleston, where my right. sister lives. Right. Or because something. it's College Town, College Dale, College Dale, College Dale, Tennessee, which is right outside of Chattanooga, yeah. which is the hometown of Lady Bunny. Oh, there the you go. Yeah. And actually, years ago, there was a drag club there called the Go-Go Club. That was, I think it's called the Go Go Club in Chattanooga. In Chattanooga, very famous drag. Really? Club. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Yeah, I think that's where Lady Bunny first saw a drag show. Was the Go Go Club? Well, Collegedale is the home of McKee Bakery, which is Little Debbie's. Yes. Oh, I don't mean to brag, oh, but my how goodness. you doing? Um, yeah. Star cakes. That's a big deal. Oh, let oh me tell you something. God. So when I was in college. I worked there for two years. At Little and, Debbie? Oh, yeah. And oh, it really? really was a Lucille Ball episode because, <laughs> uh, you know, you had to wear white head to toe. And I was a spare, spare meaning seriously lowest on the totem pole. Right. I mean, if somebody else leaves, the person below them goes to their station and you're at the bottom of the line, which means you just stand there and stare at an assembly line and wait for a broken cookie to come on. Oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. You know, with the hairnet. Could and you the eat the broken cookie? Well, here's the deal. So. They said, you can eat anything you want off any of the lines if you take it off the line and you walk behind that yellow line. Mm -hmm. You can eat anything you want. And the break room had every little Debbie ever. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a major sweet tooth. Star Mm -hmm. cakes. Mm -hmm. It was, oh my gosh. And they had uh, the peanut butter, um, the the nutty bars Mm -hmm. and the oatmeal cream pies. And I mean, everything, Mm -hmm. everything, everything. And it was hysterical because when I first went there, I said, really? They have all the cookies in the break room? I can eat as many as I want? And they said, yeah, but honey, give it six months. You're going to be so sick of those things. (laughs) Two years later, my enthusiasm was not dampened a bit. (laughs) I love those things. I was like, this is amazing. I love it. And Little Debbie's, they, they haven't been bought by R.J. Reynolds mm-hmm. or any. They're still a family, family business. business. Started by O.D. McKee. 
And he was a, an older gentleman who lived in the Collegedale area, and he was the one who decided it was going to be uh, an assembly line. And he did the motor for his first assembly line was out of a washing machine. Mm. And little Debbie, the real little Debbie, there was a real oh, little yeah, Debbie. No, she's, was it my, his she's my brother's age. Uh-huh. And she, I'm trying to think if she was his daughter. Was or, she the town no, granddaughter? Was, was she the town slut? No, 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 not <laughs> at all. That would have been great. That yeah. been so Although hot. that would have been a really good story. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But um, she's actually, she had an accident, I think, I think she was, I think a horse character when she was little and she's uh. um, blind in one eye. Oh, oh okay. And, you know, has been since she was a kid. Oh. But she, and it's interesting because she's come back to the family business now and I get all the gossip from my dad. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and is doing great and is very is happy. Da- is but... dad still in Collegedale? Oh, yeah. My dad's still in Collegedale. His 80th birthday is coming up and wow. uh, we're all going. Uh-huh. So wow. we're going to wow. go. And I had, oh, I like well, I can't say the surprise because somebody will tell me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, know, yeah. Just Don't a say. little thing yeah. for a little surprise. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. But I won't now, say. <laughs> so, so you're still living in the Philadelphia area because for 20 years you worked at QVC. Yes. And and you're going to stay there. For is, a, yeah. I, I mean, I think that so much of how much you enjoy where you live is mm-hmm. not where you live. Mm-hmm. It's the people that you love where sure. you live. And I lived there for 20 years. And yeah. so, you know, the double-edged sword is... You know, if you leave something, it's nice to just completely leave it and not have to think about it again. Right. As much as I love being there, it'd be nice to have a clean break. But yeah. in reality, my entire world was QVC for 20 years. I worked yeah. seven days a week. I worked nights. I worked weekends. If somebody said, I'm coming in Tuesday in three weeks at three in the morning, can you pick me up? I would honestly say, I'm not sure. Right. Wow. I might be on air. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Did so, that change with time? Meaning, did you get tenure? Did you get seniority? Oh, yeah. So yeah. like after a while, you didn't have to do the overnight shifts anymore? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I did the overnight shifts for two years and it was the best experience of my life. Was it? Because in that two years, it was three and four hours a night of nothing but you, baby. Mm-hmm. You're on. Mm-hmm. And nobody. You're going to sell all this stuff and you have no guests right? and you can try it from any angle you want because no one's watching and no one cares. Right. right. So right. you just have at it. Yeah. Did it still sell overnights? Does yeah, still sell I as mean, much? It, not nearly as much. Right. right I state. mean, right. but there were still sales in the overnights, but it was mm. just one of those things where, you know, now everything is guested. So when you're a new host and you come in, that's fine, but all you learn is how to work with the guest. Ah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you only know how to approach that job mm-hmm. from one point of view. So my analogy is, you know, it's it, you're a jockey, and and that's that's a horse. Mm-hmm. All, mm-hmm. And then you only know how to ride the horse. Mm-hmm. And if you got a winner, great. And if you don't have a winner, it's not going to work. Right, right. Whereas if you were in the overnights, like a lot of the, the older hosts were, it was four hours a night. It was no guests whatsoever. It was completely up to you. And by gosh, if that horse has to get across the finish line, I can push it. I can pull it. I can ride it. Mm-hmm. I can lift that thing up. Yeah. And carry its ass across the line. Sure. But somehow that horse is getting there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But that's only something you learn through, you know, that kind of experience that you hated at the time. Right. And turned out to be great. Now, did you work there? Was Mike Rowe? There, he had just he had just left uh-huh. when I got there, and I had the opportunity to work with him a couple times doing movie marathons for Comcast when Comcast uh-huh. owned us. Uh-huh. And he is the funniest human being yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the things that that guy is known for saying. You know, he sold an ice cube. You're kidding me. Yeah, he You're wanted on QVC. I'm QVC because it was overnights, and from what I hear, here's the rumor and the scuttlebutt between him and Paul Kelly because uh-huh. uh, they were both there, and they were both problem children, just uh-huh. problem, problem children, way back in the day. And so QVC said, "Fine, you know what? We're sick of both of you. You just, you just split midnight to six, and somebody be there. Right? Yeah. We don't even care. Yeah, you know." So those two were just unchaperoned, out of control children. I mean, from midnight to six. And so they, you know, Mike would pretty much just do anything he wanted. And one mm-hmm. night, you know, everybody was saying, "Oh well, you know, we need to sell this." And he goes, "You know, I could anything's going to sell here. Here's an, and he literally sold an ice wow. cube and somebody wow. bought it. I'm sure they did. Wow. I mean, he was very convincing. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. How did you get the job? I. You know, it's interesting because I have a four-year degree in long-term healthcare administration. Came in handy. So handy, right? I mean, and now I don't even have to tell the rest of the story because it makes complete sense to you, <laughs> Yes, right? but why did you choose that as a major? Well, okay. Here's the real reason why. Because <laughs> who goes into that as... Well, 
okay, it was a small denominational college and there were only a few degrees that would really get you a job. So yes, I played violin in, in the youth symphony, but I didn't want to do music as a career as much as I love music. And I really loved talking. I wanted to go into marketing, but they didn't really have a marketing degree at this college at that point. Mm -hmm. They had a communications degree, but in all honesty, I didn't put any faith in their, their level of communications uh -huh. at that point. Uh -huh. And so you just took a business degree because that's what you did, because that was the only thing left and you had to do something and you know, yeah. Like, All right, I have to get a business degree. Well, then I ran into a class on statistics from Dr. Davidson. Somebody probably still knows him. Anyway, mm -hmm. he wasn't my favorite teacher. Yeah. Um, he was so least my favorite teacher that I actually changed majors to avoid taking a second oh, class. <laughs> my. And I found out that if I took an extra semester of classes, I could avoid taking a second class from him. And uh -huh. that's how I ended up in long-term healthcare administration. Jesus. Wow. Yes. And the very last professor that I had was the last semester was actually very interesting because it was just people who ran different facility, people out in the real world mm -hmm. who came in and taught micro courses in, in the real world. Mm -hmm. And the very last one was a, a guy who ran a very, very high end facility in the area, very successful. And it was a class on finance. And afterward, he said, I had to give an evaluation of each of you to the college. And I don't believe in saying something about someone that I wouldn't say to someone. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to know what I said, please set up an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, all right. So like the big idiot I am, I set up an appointment and, mm -hmm, I, went, mm -hmm. and I sat down and talked to him and I said, so what do you think? In my own defense, I had gotten an A in his class. Okay, uh -huh. So I'm not as dumb as I look. Mm -hmm. Please do not impede my IQ. <laughs> Everything is fine. The blood flows good. Uh -huh. um, he said, you're in the wrong profession. Uh -huh. I said, what do you, what do you? Dude, I just finished a four year degree. It took me four and a half PS yeah. and by the way, what do you mean I'm in the wrong profession? He said, he said, this is still a man's world and they are not going to let you in. Mm -hmm. You may you may want to try it, feel free, but I'm telling you right now, this is not where you belong. Mm. And I just thought, seriously? Mm. I mean, seriously? I just, I mean, I don't even know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting there. And I appreciated his candor mm -hmm. and, and that was good. And then after that, I won Miss Tennessee. I went to Miss America. When I was traveling around as Miss Tennessee, I ran into him in an airport once. Mm -hmm. And I said, Dan, I just have to tell you, you are absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. I do not belong in that business. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the input. Mm -hmm. Wow. It did help you, I bet you, unconsciously. You yeah. Know? You know, he was right. And so, and but, and but how did you get, how did you wind up at QVC? Well, I did... I went to Miss America back mm -hmm. when dinosaurs were on the earth and yes. someone cared about that pageant. I, I remember that. And P.S. Yes. and by the way, that pageant was a great influence on yeah. my life. I am extremely upset with the Miss America pageant system. I think they have completely just ruined what could be a very positive experience mm -hmm. for so many young women. Mm -hmm. They have politically corrected themselves to death. Mm -hmm. They have made it completely irrelevant. And it makes me angry because it did so much for me. Yeah. And I want other young women to have that opportunity, which is kind of what you're giving these people. These kids, right. The opportunity to challenge yourself, to get up in front, to be judged, to do something that scares you. Mm -hmm. How can you not be a better person at the end of that? Which yeah. is what Miss America gave me. Mm -hmm. It you know? used to be so important. It mm -hmm. was. I grew up it watching was, yeah. it. Me too. Oh my gosh, there was nothing better than watching Miss America. I agree. America. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And and they've just they've they've just really ruined it, in my opinion. Yeah. If somebody would like to give me that pageant, I'll bring it back and make it relevant. Yeah, because I love that. it's online or did, is it back on television? Well, again? it's kind of sporadic, but I just think again they miss what America wants. Yeah. Um, they miss the fact that you can't compete you can't outcompete popular culture in popular culture mm -hmm. you have to look at what your strengths are you have to go against the grain you have to deal with what you can offer and you have to be really good at it mm -hmm. you can't be something that is supposed to be all about women bettering themselves in a comprehensive manner and then not have it be glamorous and not have it be beautiful and right. not have it be something anybody wants to watch. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for you that you're in a scholastic scholarship pageant, but in reality, I don't care. Right. Nobody wants to watch that. No, right. I, I mean, I, I can go to the mall and see pretty much the same thing. Yeah. You know, I want to believe that Barbie can have an IQ of 160. Can you find her for me? Because sure. I believe you can. And what's ironic is I think the people who have taken the pageant in that direction have done that because they think they're being politically correct mm -hmm. in the way they approach women. I find it insulting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find it absolutely insulting. You don't think 
that you can challenge women in a way that they would rise to the level that I believe they can. So you're going to kind of bring it down so no one feels left out. You're going to dumb it down. Yeah, yeah I, I just find that completely offensive. Yeah, yeah. Now we're we're going to take a quick oh, break sorry. right now, but we're going to when we come back, <laughs> we're going to talk to Lisa Robertson about her rise. At, to the queen of QVC, <laughs> which is so amazing to me. I'm a big uh, television shopping person and oh, I love yeah. it so much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll take take a quick break and we'll be right back with Lisa Robertson. Hey, Michelle, uh, let's talk about Blue Apron for Oh, yes. Let me tell you something. Mm. I think I get more excited than my family because I love to cook this. Yeah. I run out of recipes. I'm a mom. Yeah. I'm a wife. I'm a working mom. Yes, you are. And I have to think about what I can make easily and what I can uh, put all the ingredients together. So when I go to the grocery store, I don't want to have to go, first you have to look at the cookbook because I'm not that kind of a chef. Yeah. I can't just cook without, I need a recipe. Mm-hmm. So then you have to worry about getting this one. And then you get home, you're like, frig, I forgot the friggin' garlic, you know, whatever, right, right. whatever it is. With Blue Apron, it comes to your house at the door in a box. You pick the meals you want. You can switch them out for another one if you don't like it the week ahead. Mm-hmm. And then it comes... Everything is measured. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to say one tablespoon. No, dump it in. And everything's there on the recipe card. It tells you what you need for the meal and just how to cook it. That's brilliant. Brilliant. So easy. I've tried almost everyone out there. Yeah. I've tried some other ones. I've yeah. tried some vegan ones. I've tried everything there is. By far, nobody can touch Blue Apron. All the ingredients are fresh. They yes. have incredible recipes. And you you don't have... It's, it's really foolproof, isn't it? And... Not only is it foolproof, if you check any other one out there, nobody's going to touch the fact that it's the freshest ingredients and it's less than $10 a meal. Oh, you've got to be kidding. This is by far Blue Apron, the most delicious and most affordable one. They deliver to 99% of U.S. and 99.5% of the food deserts. Meaning What's a food desert? All those places that don't have great uh, grocery stores and Whole Foods and restaurants, uh, grocery stores like that. Oh, you mean like when I'm up in Wyoming? Correct. And <laughs> they'll deliver there. Okay. That's what's wonderful about Blue Apron. They go everywhere. Upcoming meals this week that I'm excited to make. Mm-hmm. I ordered this one. The three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano. Ooh, that sounds good. In the picture, the cheese is like dripping out on top of the broccoli <laughs> and the bread. Like my family is so excited to eat that. But they have like beef teriyaki stir fry coming up with sugar snap peas and lime rice. So, and you can get it. Like some of the recipes will have like, I don't know, cilantro. Uh-huh. My family doesn't like cilantro. Yeah. I just leave the cilantro out. Leave it out. Leave it out. I got to tell you, my mouth is watering. When you started talking about that, my mouth is watering. It is so great, you guys. So much variety. You can switch out, like I said earlier. They're flexible. And you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. Wow. Three meals free. That's how awesome Blue Apron is with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash rue. That's blueapron.com slash rue. And download the app because that's how I do mine. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. Yep. Okay, we are back. We're talking. <laughs> we're talking uh, the legends of QVC right yes. now. You guys are just talking about Captain Levin, who I adore more yeah. than life itself. Yeah. Now, wait. The she... funniest thing she ever said. You got to. Okay. Uh-huh. So one time, somebody said, "Kathy, what size bra do you wear?" And she said, "38 long." <laughs> 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 How much do I love her? I own far oh too much God. Dominique to yeah. admit. Do, She's do the they best. still yeah. make Dominique? They do, but it's not the same. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It was an event when Kathy hosted Dominique. It was oh, actually yeah. on the calendar. Yeah. We were talking about wow. that. Kirk's Folly. Um, the Quacker Factory. Oh. Am I saying that right? Jeannie Bice. Jeannie Bice. Yes. I would watch all of it. And, oh, loved and, it. And so now was was um, Kathy Levin there when you arrived there? She was the queen of the world yeah. when I went to that world. I mean, mm-hmm. they just bowed down when yeah. Kathy walked by. And, you know, and it's interesting because I think whenever you're on the top, there are a lot of people who just refer to you as a diva because... It's an easy out for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I yes. heard people refer to Kathy that way, and it was never true. Right. She was never a diva. She was never entitled. She was very clear about what she could do and how much prep was required. Mm-hmm. And she could walk out there having never seen anything and make you want it more than anybody else. That is an amazing skill. Now, I know you have your own lifestyle website. It's lisarobertson.com. Yeah. But what, um, how does she someone... Like this jewelry? I, I come is that, is that from... Oh, my oh, goodness. That's cool. Gorgeous. You know, what is the that? bracelet? What's going on there? Wait, wait for it. Wait I for love it. That. 
Do so she's got a she's got a um a cuff you bracelet. Fill it with perfume. <gasps> oh my goodness! And and what a great refresh. idea! Or if you're in school, vodka is uh. brilliant. What it, it's like a plexi- or breath mints if you're yeah, it's a, a lucite lucite bracelet yeah, with has a- this very chic silver chrome uh, inlay inside mm-hmm. of there. It is so gorgeous. Isn't it Look great? at that, Michelle. It's very bold. Need it. Need you it. can find that on your website? Yes. So this is available. We just um, started We just started offering that the other day, and we have it in black and clear and white in either oh, gold so or silver. Smart. Oh, my God. That is – I've never and seen anything beautiful, like that. Well, it's just from, from Italy. It's a gentleman in Italy who just created it, just started creating it, yeah. and it's being introduced in Europe. It's extremely popular in yeah. Europe, but there's nobody in the U.S. who really got it. Yeah. And so – you know, it was funny because we have a mutual friend and my mutual friend brought it to me and said, what do you think of this? And I said, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. So yes. I love it. Now, Brilliant. we don't have much time, but I want to know how you got <laughs> how you got to QVC and overall, what was your experience like there? Well, after I did the Miss Tennessee pageant, mm-hmm. I wanted to find a job and everyone would give me an interview because they wanted to know what Miss Tennessee looked like, mm-hmm. but they weren't really going to give me a job. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I, I get that. Uh-huh. And so there was an ad in the paper for television work and it was a cold call and I went and that was probably 24 years ago yeah. when the standard test was they would just hand you a number two pencil and say, give me two minutes on that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what long is, mm-hmm. put a two minute timer on, stand in front of the mirror and talk to yourself at a number two pencil for two minutes. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Did you mm-hmm. practice before you went No, in? I had, you didn't know that you just walked in, they oh. hit you cold. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mm-hmm. a standard. So uh, I got that job. I worked there for a year and a half. Someday I'll tell you the story because I'm not really sure legally I can right, about right. how I uh, was fired and it really ended poorly for the person who did it. Uh-huh. Very entertaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then someone who had been at QVC and then had been at this channel um, contacted me and said, I'm starting my own channel. Would you like to come on? So we literally started a shopping channel from the ground up. Wow. Built the whole thing. We, we got the studio space, the vendors, how to image things, warehousing, logistics, inventory, hired everyone. And we did that for about a year and a half. He was an amazing visionary, not good on follow through mm-hmm. and, and didn't have people next to him who were really watching the shop. Mm-hmm. So after about a year and a half, my paycheck started to bounce. And I thought Uh-oh. to myself, oh, I don't mean to jump to a conclusion self, but that doesn't yeah. sound good. Yeah. yeah. So. That's when I went and interviewed at QVC. Uh-huh. And I think that the only reason I got the job was I had, for all my conscious life, always lived in the South. I never dreamed I would move North. I had no desire. Mm-hmm. I liked the South and I liked being around people I knew. Mm-hmm. I really didn't think I would take the job. So I think that I was super nervous, but believing I wouldn't take it gave me just enough leeway that then I was my sarcastic nervous self, uh-huh. which they mistook for confidence uh-huh. and gave me the job. <laughs> And the rest yeah. is history. And there you are. What makes a good host at, uh, at a television shopping channel? Well, I think that back in the day, what made a good host was really someone who can, you have to be able to think on your feet. Mm-hmm. And But most of it is just really connecting with people. You have to enjoy people. You have to like people. You have to treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. You have to tell them the truth. And you, you have to do it in a way that's obviously going to highlight the positive points of what you're presenting, but you have to tell them the truth. You cannot lie. Yeah. If you're a host who goes out there and says you own everything, you have no credibility. Right. If you say you love everything, you have no credibility. Huh. You have to say the truth about that item. Well, what if you don't love that item? Here's a great story, mm. and it's one that really educated me in that moment where you have an epiphany. I was um, staying with someone up north in, in Connecticut for the weekend. Um, they were they were living with their parents who were older mm-hmm. and caring for their parents. And their mother, her name was Catherine, Kate, mm-hmm. you could tell by the way she carried herself that when she was young, she was something. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. she was something. She just had this grace and this presence. And when you're a beautiful woman, you're used to people looking at you. You are never off guard. Mm-hmm. Someone is always looking at you. And that was the air that she had. Mm-hmm. And one morning I'm downstairs in the kitchen and she comes down for breakfast and her hair was done. And she had her makeup on, mm-hmm. her jewelry on. And she had on this velour pantsuit that looked like Star Trek first generation. <laughs> it was a mock neck velour tunic, long sleeve burgundy panel down the front the rest of it was navy a little gold piping matching pants now i wouldn't wear that in a million years Uh Mm -hmm. but you know what it looked great on her Mm -hmm. it was really perfect for her Uh and what i would wear would not have been perfect for her right so it just made me realize oh this was the epiphany you have as an adult Mm -hmm. okay (gasps) 
it's not all about me. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's not all about me. I have to readjust. Uh-huh. So that's, you know, when you when I realized that just because something wasn't for me didn't mean it wasn't going to be great for someone else. And if I only tell you things that are going to be good for me, then in a huge venue like QVC, I'm doing other people a disservice. Yes. And so, you know, from then on, you look at something and you think, who would this be good for? Uh Who would this really be good for? Not who's going to buy it and then not love it when they get it home. Because you don't want to sell it to them. You want them to be happy when they get it home. So you have to look at that and say, who would it be good for? Who's the person who's going to look at that? How are they going to use it? How are they going to wear it? How is how, how is it going to make them happy or feel good about themselves? And that's the truth that you tell. Wow. So instead of saying, I don't like this, you can say, though this might not be for me, it could be for so-and-so and so-and-so and so Well, I think, you know, the line is, I probably wouldn't specifically say, this is not for me. Mm. Because I think then that might make someone else feel badly if it is right, for them. Right, exactly. So and I'm not trying that? to do that. Right. But 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 I you know, but if it's something, you know, in all honesty, um, some of the stuff that some of the fashion that we sold was much more oversized uh-huh. and casual than I would wear. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I would wear is not what a lot of those women would want to wear. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's when I would say, hey, if you want something that's going to be very comfortable, you put it on, you always feel good and it, it's not too tight. Mm-hmm. The color is going to be fabulous mm-hmm. on you. You know, and I think especially if you don't like to wear a lot of makeup, so you really want a color to kind of pop yeah. and make your complexion, this <clears throat> is going to be gorgeous and it's going to be easy and you're going to look pulled together. You know, you throw your hair back in a ponytail, you put a great pair of earrings on, you look really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And all of that is true. Yeah. I'm sold. I mean, I've watched you for <laughs> years yeah. and, and and there's a certain charm to what you're doing i'm sure there's a certain scientific chemistry to what it is you're doing are you aware of what of 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 that chemistry or is it just just come out of you naturally like that you know i think it's it just is i think it's just a thing i mean i don't really i, I think it's a natural skill that you develop yeah. if you have the ability to be honest to see another's perspective. Well, then I'm out. To treat actually. them with respect. <laughs> Everyone except Rue. You could buy with two out of three. You That's need fine. a poker face too because if you yeah. hate something and you have to sell it and people could see oh, that no. on your so face. So one time they gave me a singing hot dog condiment holder. <laughs> Put all the letters in there, Rue. All the letters. Okay, I would probably buy that. I'm just... I'm just Whereas I, I just stood there and I looked at it and I said... I have a college degree and this is what my life is going to I have nothing. I got nothing. I don't even know. I love it. I mean, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I know. I, I, People I, understood that. I just, I had to yeah. be honest and say, I didn't know what it sold like crazy. Really? Exactly. I would have bought yeah, that. Because I just think, you know, every, no one wants to feel like you're being worked. Yeah. No one. Right. No one wants to feel pushed. Yeah. No yeah. one wants to feel like you're being manipulated. Those are very ugly feelings yeah. for yes. any human being. So to just sit there in a moment of candor and say, yeah. I got nothing. I yeah. just... <laughs> very refreshing i think they appreciated that i don't know (laughs) well i'm so happy that you got to join us now i know the website you get lots of great stuff there at lisarobertson.com yes and we have a lot of our jewelry right now is sold out we get new jewelry in all the time we're heading to italy next week uh we're going to be finding new jewelry for you really sourcing some great things and and i have to say one of the things that was so nice about owning your own business uh, is that you really can kind of do whatever you want so i can decide you know how much we do at a time and i can yeah. i can bring it in slowly and, and grow it slowly and you know with everything that happened in italy we have so much jewelry that comes in from italy and i yeah. have such a really a love for that country um that we were able to one day just take all the net proceeds from all of our italian jewelry between noon and midnight and donate all of the net proceeds to the Italian Red Oh Cross. my goodness, that's fantastic. And you know, you always, it. you look Italian to me. You're not Thank Italian. You. No, but I am by proxy. I see. Because, you know, it's almost like when you marry someone and then eventually you start looking yes. like each other. And I just yeah. like to look at a lot of Italians. Yeah. And eventually <laughs> it's, it's going you. to rub off. <laughs> right, you know? right. Or if you wear a lot of Italian leather, yeah. you yes. know. I, I mean, Italian jewelry. Yes. It's a lot of Italian jewelry and you stare at a lot of pasta. Yeah. 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 That'll work. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many questions for you, and I know that we we have to we have to stop now because you know I wanted to ask Lisa about fingernails because on QVC you always the fingernails yes. the hands are yeah. always so beautiful. Well, they How, have to be. Yes, yeah. but How, then there's a lot of times where they zoom in and go, "Oh, she needs a fill." Like you could yeah. see, they get so close on yeah. the nails, and then yeah. you know it's one of the reasons why I quit wearing nail polish. And so sometimes people because it 
it used to be that people would say, what nail polish you're wearing? I said, I'm not wearing any nail polish. And right. they would think I was lying to them, which I'm not. Yeah. But you know, with the gel nails, if you yeah. get these gel nails that I get, so yeah. you don't have to have any polish, it just looks natural. Right. Yeah. It's not as noticeable when it grows out. Yeah. Right. Um, but and how you do have you to have cuticle oil. Is that the secret? Yes. Yeah. And makeup on your hands. Makeup on your hands. Any part of your body that shows has makeup. And I used to joke that I had more body makeup than a drag queen. And now I realize that that's not true. That's no. not true. Yeah. That's true. Very educational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cuticle oil and yes. you put a little makeup on your hands. Just yeah. a facial makeup or body makeup? Um, you know what? It depends on what you use on your face, yeah. but Makeup Forever has a liquid foundation for face and body. Okay. Um, that's really good. If HD you have, too, yeah. Yeah, and if you have yeah. someone who does airbrushing on you, they can just airbrush your I hands. Love oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, Lisa Robinson, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Such thank a you, pleasure. Michelle, thank you thank so you. much. So, so educational. So educational. So much. I love. I love shopping on television yes, so much it's but i'm fun. gonna i'm gonna go to lisa robertson.com and yeah. do, get my well, italian and you have jewelry. to you have to see our live video chats too yeah because we're you and i we're gonna, yeah, do, we're gonna do that, that. i cannot so wait i love it all right. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll be back with noah galvin yay michelle let's talk about squatty potty now you sent your friend home to england yeah let's with restate a, that yeah okay she was here visiting and she stole my Squatty Potty. And she calls, that's how she knits. So cute the way squatty she said it. Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty. I love squatty that. Squatty Potty. She used it because it was one in the guest room. She mm. could not even believe how easily her poop came out. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people struggle with constipation. Yes, and, they do. And it has a lot to do with everything. But what a big part of it is, you don't realize how kinked up your colon is inside of your body. The way that we poop traditionally is not healthy. That's right. That's why having a Squatty Potty squatty is potty. such a healthy choice. Because a lot of people, like you said, you know, they don't eliminate, eliminate properly Squatty Potty helps you do that. What it is is like a little stool that goes under the stool. Uh-huh. It goes on the one you put your feet on. It yeah. goes on the bottom of the toilet and it lifts your legs up to where you're supposed to be. Now, here's the thing. There's two sizes. Oh. There's a seven inch. Oh, dear. And a nine inch. Oh, my goodness. Magic, you're obscene. Magic words. <laughs> now, I, because I'm short, like the seven inch. Yeah. I know that what you've heard is not true. <laughs> I could take the nine inch. Sure, you could. But I prefer the seven inch. Seven inch is fine. So Anna, when she was over, stole the squat she uh -huh. She went to LAX. They're looking at her. She's trying to get it through security. And they're, yeah. It's see-through, so they didn't care. Sure, right. But she got to the gate, and she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. She brings it into the bathroom at LAX and uses the Squatchy potty. Oh my goodness. Right there in the bathroom at LAX. Changed her life. I love that. You know, I, it's funny you say that. I think all public restrooms should have squatty potties yeah. in them. I'm telling you, because another thing you guys, you might not know, because even though we're doing it incorrectly, a lot of times because we're pooping incorrectly, it doesn't get completely out and right. some gets left in the colon. That's and right. that's where the problem starts. It unkinks the colon, the position yes! that the squatty potty puts you in unkinks the colon. Yeah, so Squatty Potty doesn't just help you squat, though. They sell these brilliant toilet sprays that smell wonderful with an incredible new bidet. They have bidets that are incredibly easy to set up. It takes 10 minutes to of work to install in almost any toilet. It's phenomenal. What's the spray called? Fruity Booty. What did you call me? I called you a Fruity Booty, bitch. <laughs> Get over it. So join the movement by visiting squattypotty.com today slash rue to get your bottle of free Fruity Booty Toilet Spray with a purchase of 20 bucks or more. And remember, a happy colon is a happy life. We love you, Squatty Potty. Love the Squatty. Love you, Squatty Potty. Okay, we have our special guest, Noah Galvin, here. <laughs> Yay! We just, we just, from the gorgeous hit show, The Real O'Neal. That's right. And um, you're just a baby. Look at your... But he's not a baby, though. He is a baby. I'm 22. Like I just look like a 12-year-old. No, no, 22 is a baby, Michelle. I have, you know, I have a donkey, a stuffed donkey named Jimmy, uh -huh. who is... I've had him for 30 years. Oh, he's older than me? Yeah, yeah, I've had him for 30 years. But I dug him out of the trash. <laughs> 30 years ago yeah. God only knows how long he had been someone else's right. donkey you know right. where are you from uh, I'm from New York uh, I was raised in Westchester County in a town called Katona um, and then I uh, finished my upbringing on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. On the Upper finished West Side? Finished his upbringing. Yes. <laughs> well, done. Uh, trust no, me. No, I'm done. Yeah. Well. She grown. Yeah. She not already in the head. She already in the head. And so, and how'd you get this big break on this hit television show? Um, Is this your big break? Did you do something big before this? No, no, oh. no. Um, 
I was in New York doing theater for like over 10 years, just Yay. grinding, doing Wait, that from Broadway. the time of being 12 years old, that, from the time of being 10, actually. How is it that the, the, I'm going to get back to your question, mm -hmm. but I see young kids on Broadway and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It's amazing. How are they able to do that? Crazy moms. Yeah. Crazy moms. Did you have a crazy mom? <laughs> no, I didn't. There's there are two types of child actors. There are child actors that are. Uh, very independent, very, you know, uh, they driven. are the ones, yes, they are driven. They, they are the ones, you know, driving, driving the career and, yeah. and wanting to work and wanting to audition. Mm -hmm. And then there are kids who really don't really give a shit and whose mothers are, are the ones pushing them to do it. And, all. Did, and with the kids whose mothers were pushing them, did you ever like confide in them and, and, uh, you know, when they get away from their mom and they say, help me escape. <laughs> No, they're, these children are too brainwashed. I don't uh -huh. even think they're like aware enough to be able to, you know. Yeah. What shows were you in? Um, my first job when I was 10 was Les Mis. Oh my God. Did Michelle know this already? Were you Javert? Just kidding. <laughs> did, did, were you Gavroche? Damn straight. Wait, wow. Wait, did, oh, yeah. wait, have you and Michelle talked about this no, already? No. no. Do, oh, are you a, just, are you a, you have a passion for Les Mis? Oh God, here no, we go. No, I have a passion go. for Broadway in general. Okay, oh okay, God, okay, here okay. we go. Here we go. <laughs> now, you're sitting next to me, so get ready. Yeah. So, okay. So you did La Mis. What else did you do? La um, Mis. Yeah, love oh, that. Oh, <laughs> you could tell where I come from. Yeah. No, yeah. show queen for sure. Yeah. Um, I did that. And then I've had a very eclectic career. I then worked for Cirque du Soleil for a year. Um, I was hired as a singer and then we got to Montreal. And that was a situation where I, it was triple cast with two other boys because uh -huh. they do three shows a day. And some of the other uh, kids, some of the other moms were, you know, they were show moms. Oh, know? okay. They were showbiz. Moms. And what happens to all this money? By law, does your do, do, are your you're parents? A minor. So there's are a thing called a Coogan account because oh, of Jackie Coogan. Yes, I know Jackie Coogan. He's you know, a, yes, yeah, a famous yes, child actor. Yeah, yes. you were around. You the were champ. Bad. He was in the champ. That's right. That little, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, With Dustin yeah. Hoffman. Uh -huh. No, not that. No, that's, no, no, no. This is way the kid. Th that's wasn't it? Like, the, no, see, the champ was with Faye Dunaway and John Voight with Ricky Schroeder, but that was a remake of Jackie Coogan's right, which the was, champ. With the, the oh, there was one before that. Yeah, one? yeah. What's his name? You know, Charlie oh, Chaplin. Was he it? was around. He was he was working in those movies. Okay, all right. Um, but his money all got stolen. From Jackie Coogan's money got stolen yes. by his parents, right? That's right. So there is a thing now established called a Coogan account where a certain percentage of your paycheck goes into a trust fund mm -hmm. that's held by either Actors' Equity Association if you're in theater or SAG-AFTRA if you're in film and TV. Mm -hmm. And then once you're 18, you're, you, you have access to that money if you right. want. Right, right. Um, so, but I was in theater. So the most money I ever made in theater was on the tour of Les Mis. Uh -huh. And that was when I was 10. And then everything else was measly. Right, right. right. How did you? How did your parents know to put you in theater? I mean, were you just just come out of the womb singing? I want to see a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, my siblings were both performers. They're all we're all goddamn artists. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Are, did they have any success with the, the theater? Um, yeah, my sister is. She's a working actress in New York. Uh, my brother left the theater and became a musician. Mm -hmm. Um. And so that's what they're up to. You come from musical parents? Show What's people. The yeah, my mom used to be a director and now she's a yoga teacher. And my dad used to be an actor and he's now a psychoanalyst. Are, are you from Queens? No, I'm not. Oh, well, I'm actually from normal parents myself. <laughs> Sorry, that's I had oh to get God. it in there. Yeah. <laughs> oldie but a goodie. Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie. Yes, One, yes, two, punch. Yeah. So then fast forward to, to 10 years later, yeah. 12 years later, mm -hmm. you're in Hollywood and you, they say, hey, kid, we have an ABC sitcom called The Real O'Neills, which is based on the life, I think, loosely of loosely, Dan loosely. Savage. Yeah, based on uh, his upbringing. His upbringing. And uh, how did you get that part? I auditioned initially in New York. Um, and then they put me on tape in New York. And then the tape gets flown to L.A. and it goes through 30,000 hands. They fly the tape to New York on an airplane? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Uh, it flies private. There you go. Uh, oh, first class. <laughs> That's right. Uh huh. Um, and, and so, then, and at what point in this process did you think, oh, I think I may get this thing? Well, I actually, I posted a photo to Instagram yesterday. I, it was, it's the actual email that I sent. I got the, they send you a breakdown and an appointment. So the breakdown is just like the description of the character. And I read the description of the character and I was like, oh, 
I got this. Mm-hmm. And I literally responded with three words, this is mine. And then, you know, shit worked out. When oh, you know, right. When you know, Aww, you know. Yeah. Yes, yes. And you're on the second season. I think I'm on the second season opener. Is that the thing yeah. I shot with you guys? Was yeah. that the second the season open, opener? Yeah, of the second season. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had a lot of fun. I know the director. Mm-hmm. Oh, Todd. Todd. Todd, Todd Holland. For many years. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about the relationship between actor and director and how important it is. You certainly right. did. And I, I, I really never really knew how important it was until in film and TV until this this job in my test where they like so they flew me out to LA Mm -hmm. and I go into a room with all the producers and I had tested for a show prior to that that same day at Fox um, and that test was live in front of like 30 people. There's no camera. In front what of like show suits. was that? Which, did it run? Did it go? Did it happen? No. Didn't it happen. Died. It died. It died after the pilot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. then I went to this test, which was like on camera and Todd Holland took me aside and he was like, listen, you, you obviously like have the, have the chops, the abilities, yeah. but like you have no idea how to be in front of a camera. And I didn't because I had come from theater. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, let's just work and we're going to make sure that you hit like every little angle, every little, you know, nuancey thing that it takes to perfect this TV audition. Yeah. And he did. And he worked with me for like an hour. And the only reason that I'm that I'm here. Well, if there are theater kids listening to this right now and you would give them some advice of what Todd told you about, you know, making it small for the screen. What would the what would the top three things be for them to remember? That's difficult. That's difficult. They are so drastically different, but they also have similarities. And it also depends on the show and the type of humor. Like my show, I at first wanted to, you know, minimize and make more specific and make smaller. But there are a lot of times where the comedy is pretty broad. So I I tapped into my theater roots and Mm -hmm. used the, you know, playing to the audience or, you know, the the bigness of of theater um, in that sense. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is in auditioning specifically uh, on camera, just like know your words, go in completely cold so that you can lift your head up and just, you know, it's all about the face. It's all about like, yes, it's all about that. I can never remember. You know, at this age, I can't remember any lyrics or dialogue. It takes so long for me to penetrate lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just, I use, would you have any tricks for learning to lyrics? Uh, Lyrics. I say lyrics. Words. (laughs) Words. Words. You know, the the words that are on the page. The words. The words. I, um, I don't use this technique, but Martha Plimpton, who plays my mom, Every morning has her script out. She has, we get these little mini sides. That yeah, have a, which you know, I can't read. The writing is too no, small. Exactly. Yeah. And so she, she writes out like every single one of her lines. She writes out so that she can, you know. Uh, get it up inside of her. Get it up inside of her in yeah. a different way. That's not just, you know, regurgitating the words, but actually like writing it down, which makes you read the line of a little bit differently. Sure. Or interpret it differently or yeah. whatever. Anthony you know? Hopkins says he reads the script 20, 30 times before he even starts dissecting the lines just right. so it gets within him. Right. right. Yeah, so I guess every actor, an actor prepares. An That's actor right. prepares, Michelle. Yes. Did you study with people uh, in New York? Um, yeah, I worked with an on-camera uh, like uh, acting coach. His name is Ted Slaberski. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my greatest uh, acting teacher was my high school acting teacher. His name was Greg Parenti. Because you went to a performing uh-huh. arts high school. You, know, you didn't true. go to LaGuardia. You didn't go to fame. I didn't go to LaGuardia. I went to the ghetto fabulous version of LaGuardia called PPAS, the Professional Performing Arts Are you school. done with PPAS? Yeah, yeah you know me. Where is it? Uh, 48th between 8th and 9th. Uh-huh. And the difference between LaGuardia and that school is that PPAS lets you work and LaGuardia is very strict. Oh, okay. They let you work outside of school. Oh, I see. Not so, like, like if you're over doing on 10th show. Avenue right. in a pair of... <laughs> That's right. And yeah. they let you work on the corners when you're on your off time. Do people still work over there at 11th Avenue? The ladies of the, the night? The ladies of the evening? They don't. But I was watching a documentary in school called... Uh, very young girls, I think it's called. Huh. Um, and it's about teenage lady prostitutes. Yes. And there was one scene, one of the girls was like standing outside the subway of the, you know, the subway, like around the corner from our from school. From where your school and we were all like, Mama, no, 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 no
be at the Greyhound terminal, and yeah. then right. they've got to be somewhere right. still. I think they come out in the darkness. In the darkness. Right. I think at Hunts Point, I don't know if oh, they yeah. still do <laughs> yeah, at Hunts sure, Point I'm in sure. the Bronx, I'm sure. if they still do that. Well, listen, you don't have to worry about finding work on the corner anytime soon. <laughs> I because hope not. We'll see. You are a great big hit in this business, and I'm Thanks. so excited that it's all working out for you. Me too. Your skin is so perfect. Now, is that makeup yeah. on your face? No, that's 22. That is 22-year-old <laughs> skin. 22-year-old skin. It mm. is just amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just gorgeous. Noah Galvin, you're on The Real O'Neills. I always want to call it The Real McCoys, but it's The Real O'Neills. Another night, another That's dream, right. but only you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Freak she's concert. singing. Freak she's concert. singing. The Real, Real McCoys. McCoys. Yeah. yeah. Do you know I that group? It. Have you ever heard yeah. of them? He's 22. He's 22. Your references are lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out 22 years ago. It came out 22 years ago. But I'm so excited for you and so happy for you. And it's just great. You're you're sound like a solid kid. You're a sweetheart. I try. And, you know, just, you know, this business, you know, you got the whole future ahead of you, kiddo. Very exciting. Very exciting. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us, yeah. Noah Galvin. Thank you, Noah. Thanks, guys. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.